Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except the endless present in which the party is always right. George Orwell, 1984. I am, of course, talking about the recent censorship, blatant censorship at that, of the Washington Post, excuse me, excuse me, the New York Post, oh my God, I apologize, the New York Post by Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's back up a little bit. Let's get to the origin story of what's going on here. Several years ago, while his father was vice president, Hunter Biden took a position with the board of Burisma. Burisma is an energy company in Ukraine. Hunter Biden had zero experience in energy, and his work experience up to that point didn't really point to any sort of talents or abilities that he brought to the table for an energy company. It all looks very suspect, especially when you consider that now the records have have wildly fluctuated. But I think the minimum I've seen that it's estimated that he made per month with that company is $50,000 a month. I think I've seen it as high as something like eighty-three dollars or $85,000 a month. So it raises questions. Why would someone who knows nothing about energy companies be getting paid? What's that come up to? So $50,000 a month, a conservative number, that's $600,000 a year. You know, 83,000, 85,000, multiply that times 12 to get that number. Off the top of my head, I don't know it, but uh, you're, you're getting closer to a million. While your father is vice president. And the company itself, like many companies that are ran by oligarchs, was being investigated or was believed to be highly corrupt and was under investigation by the Ukrainian government, a prosecutor. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. So, if you recall, and maybe you don't, Joe Biden was on record a couple of years ago bragging about getting that prosecutor fired. Hang on, you know what? Let's listen to Joe Biden's words himself, and then, because I don't want you to just take my word for it, I want you to hear his. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired. Let's go ahead and set aside how unusual it is, and I'll leave it at that, that the vice president of the United States is literally influencing politics and investigations in a foreign country. Set that aside. I'm not even talking about Joe Biden and his corruption. Not specifically. I'm only painting a little bit of a picture for context. 
So this was December of 2015. Now, sometime in the last two years, I'm kind of unclear on the exact date. There was a person who left a laptop at a computer repair store in Delaware. That person is believed to be Hunter Biden. I've heard that it has been confirmed by independent sources. We'll get to that. So, fast forward a year or so, that laptop stays. It's never picked up. The repair shop owner rightfully claims it as his own and starts checking it out, seeing what's on it. And lo and behold, he finds thousands of emails. Emails between Joe Biden and these Ukrainian oligarchs, or a contact with the Burisma, talking about, now that he doesn't mention anybody specifically, but the big guy and his visit coming up. And this was in late 2015. I'm wanting to say it's like December 1st. Well, we know Joe Biden was in Ukraine in December of 2015. He got a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. He bragged about it. Now, this paints Joe Biden and the Biden family in general in a very bad light. It seems to be authentic. I don't know if it is or not. But there needs to be, it needs to be looked at. The Wash, God, why do I keep saying that? Not the Washington Post. The New York Post. If I remember correctly, the New York Post is a newspaper that was founded by, was it James Madison or Thomas Jefferson? One of our founding fathers. It's one of the oldest newspaper companies or media companies really now, since hardly anyone prints newspapers anymore. But it's one of the oldest media companies in the history of the United States. Currently, and I didn't know this until recently, it is the fourth largest the fourth largest one in the United States, something along those lines. I think it's the fourth largest viewership. I think that's what it was. And they're, they're not a fly-by-night newspaper. It's not, you know, the nerdy Merck that is doing this. This is the New York Post. And if I said Washington Post again, I apologize. I don't know why I can't get Jeff Bezos' personal newspaper out of my head. They believed their story to be authentic. They seemed to have done decent journalism, which is hard to find these days. They had sources, and their sources were confirmed to them. They posted the story on Twitter. Twitter immediately blocked them. Not, not like banned the account. Not only did they do that, they made that story, that link, completely unshareable. You couldn't tweet about it. You couldn't even share it in a private tweet. If you did, or you tried, you got a message saying this content is harmful. And basically, as such, we've deleted it. Well, harmful to who? I understand if you're going to censor content that says... I'm going to go on this day, attack this person. 
Well, that, that actually is harmful. But we're like three weeks, less than three weeks before a presidential election. And one and the and one of the two main candidates, one of the two people that will be president, is all of a sudden implicated in a severe corruption scandal. And keep in mind, Joe Biden said he didn't know anything about his son's uh, um, his son's foreign business relations. Well. This doesn't, that doesn't appear to be accurate. Now, also keep in mind, I don't know if this story is true or not. But there needs to be an investigation. Twitter does not know if this story is true or not. Facebook does not know if this story is true or not. But they automatically assumed... Actually, no. I'm not even sure they assumed. I don't know what they assumed. They just... They just they're censoring. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now you can say, well, Jeff, they're a private company. They can censor all they want. Well, not really. There's a difference between a platform and a publisher slash editor. I am a publisher. I'm also an editor because I edit my content. If I put out things that I know are false with the intention of damaging someone's reputation or their livelihood or their lives, whatever the case may be, I am subject to either slander or libel suits, depending on whether it's spoken or in print, or I guess in podcast. Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media platforms are not bound by those laws because of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. It generally provides immunity for website publishers from third-party content, which means that Facebook, MySpace back in the day, what have you, they are platforms for people to share their ideas and as such are not responsible for the content. It protects them. It keeps them from getting sued. And the idea behind the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act was that these social media places and sites are quickly becoming what was formerly known as the town halls. It was a place for people to come and exchange their ideas and have a free exchange of ideas, which is always healthy but that's changed. That has changed over the years. When Facebook or Twitter decides to ban content, and, and I'm not talking about truly harmful stuff. You know, for example, child pornography. Terrible. We can all agree it has no place in a decent society. And those platforms have every right to block that content. But how about when there are numerous doctors that have other experiences with coronavirus 
than say what the who says they should have. How is that harmful? They're using that as an excuse to ban content, meaning that they are becoming, actively becoming publishers and editors rather than platforms which host free exchange of ideas. There are several prominent politicians, such as Senator Ted Cruz from Texas and Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, that have been leading the charge against these companies and trying to get them to go back to being true platforms. Stop, stop banning, stop censoring content that is only harmful because you think it's an idea that doesn't agree with yours. I think uh, Joe Rogan said it best. The question is, why? Why? Because they don't agree with the sentiment. They think that maybe perhaps we should all fall in line and vote for Joe Biden because this is what they want. Yes. And if you are a progressive and you're a liberal, you just have to accept the differences that you have with Biden and Kamala Harris and, and their, their perspectives, and you need to just fall it. in line. And there's no other third party. I find it highly ironic that when I logged on to Facebook today, I had a notification that they had updated their terms. Reading, and I'm quoting, Effective October 1st, 2020, Section 3.2 of our Terms of Service will be updated to include the following. We can, excuse me, we also can remove or restrict access to your content, services, or information if we determine that doing so is reasonably necessary to avoid or mitigate adverse legal or regulatory impacts to Facebook. Well, that just blows my mind. Because the reason that they, I, I, the only thing I can come to, the only conclusion to which I can come is that they believe that Section 230 is about to go away. If they'd just act like a platform, then Section 230 would protect them from those things. If they didn't censor content, if they didn't ban content, if they didn't shadow ban content, if they didn't demonetize people for political reasons, if they didn't, you know, where, where was Facebook checking, uh, fact checking the, the, uh, the Russian collusion hoax, which has now been confirmed it's a hoax. It was a hoax from day one. And for some reason, people aren't going to jail. But that's neither here nor there. Did they fact check any of that? No. They let it fly. So this tells me that they believe that there is a good chance that their Section 230 protections are going to go away. and Or that they fully committed, okay, we're not a platform, we're a publisher. And so as such, we know Section 230 is not going to protect us. That's the only thing I can think of. It's absolutely nuts. The free exchange of ideas is no longer considered a good thing in these digital town halls. Freedom of speech is supposed to be the freedom to discuss ideas. You, this is not, <laughs> it's not an enormous percentage of the population that's going along with this guy. Yeah. He, he's offering an educated perspective. It's our constitution. It's our constitution. It is our constitution. That's it's right. also... It's so important to listen to things that you disagree with to understand why you disagree with them. Right. 
and to understand if maybe there's some knowledge in there that you can acquire. Maybe maybe there's a per- part of their perspective that you do agree with. Right. Maybe there's maybe you see the error in their ways and you can discuss it with them. You can say, well, this is where you guys got it wrong. He's absolutely correct. The First Amendment does not exist for the speech that you like. It exists to protect the speech that you don't. There's an old expression. I may disagree with your words, but I will defend to the death your right to say them. I hold that very true. I want to hear the people that are being dumb out there. I want to know who the flat earthers are, which, by the way, I don't think Twitter or Facebook is banning them. I want to know who the anti-vaxxers are. I don't think they're being banned. I want to know who the science deniers are. I want to know who the Holocaust deniers are. I want to know who these people are. And I want them to have a voice so that I can say, hmm, I think you're a moron and I don't want you in my life and I can go on about it in a different way. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe someone has a great idea. Maybe someone is onto some truth, but just because you don't like it, you ban it. Seems to be possibly the case with with this uh, Hunter Biden laptop thing. Full disclosure, I don't know if it's true, but investigation needs to happen. And oddly enough, Twitter and 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 to a lesser extent Facebook might have screwed themselves on this one because had they there's so much in the news right now had they just ignored it and let it go there would have been a small faction of Trump supporters who would have been sharing it of course but it probably would have become background noise to most people now it's front and center now there's i believe there's an FBI investigation into it and as i said it appears to be authentic i'll tell you what we are brushing up against the clock and I apologize for this. I really didn't want to go two sections on this, but I also didn't plan on spending the entire first section of the memorial to my buddy. So I'm going to, we're going to continue this discussion after the break. Give me a call. 239. Where did I get that from? Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so uh, give me a call. 317-978-NERD. That's 317-978-6373. Uh, make sure you find me on, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and oh, Parler. That's the other one. That's right. Uh, I'm now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, soon to come on Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And I will, of course, let you know when that happens. So please stay tuned for the next segment, and I appreciate you listening.